Hello everyone, this is Deborah Richardson and today I am putting the AP in Happy where accounts payable teams are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. This podcast will give a voice to accounts payable team members by talking about the growing reality of cyber attacks in their world and which vendor setup and vendor management techniques they can apply to protect the vendor master file from fraud. Are you or your team performing all possible vendor validations? Do you know which documents have the key data you need to confirm that the vendor you are about to create or update is real? Be sure by downloading the vendor validation reference list. It also has links to all the resources listed. Download at www dot Deborah D E B R A R Richardson R I C H A R D S O N dot com GDPR CCPA the New York Shield Act What do these privacy protection laws really have to do with accounts payable and more specifically vendor maintenance? Keep listening. Welcome to episode 73, Privacy Laws and Vendor Data. You need to check. Now, full disclaimer, I am not an attorney and I have not had legal training. I have, however, as an AP practitioner, been faced with a vendor's employee that was from one of the EEA countries, EU, Iceland, Liechtenstein, and Norway, who were or was covered by GDPR. That vendor's employee contacted my team and thereby me and requested that their contact information be removed from our vendor master file. I have also faced the question of how do we deal with those vendors that are individuals and don't want their information in a third party provider's tool. Now mind you, this is when I implemented the vendor self-registration portal. So this was the tool that was used for that, not the accounting system or ERP where the payment was made. And if you talk to your legal team, the system of record or where you actually generate the payment may be exempt. But again, you need to talk to your legal team. In this case, I was dealing with the third party providers tool whose information would then integrate into our ERP. So it may be a different thing. Again, I am not an attorney. Um, You do need to talk to your legal team. But I do want to share my experiences because I think it's important that if you're not having the conversation that you initiate that conversation with your legal team or at least with your leadership. Okay, so I mentioned three privacy protection laws in the intro, and I just want to give some quick facts about it, and very quick, because again, I'm not an attorney, but I want you to see where this may or why you need to pay attention to it. So the first one is the California Consumer Privacy Act, or CCPA. Now, this protection, um, the state of California gives the residents the right to four things. One, know what personal information is collected. Two, opt out of selling their information to third parties. Three, 
allow the deletion of their information and four, receive equal service if they exercise those rights. Now, CCPA did go into effect on January 1, 2020. Let's talk about the fines if your company is not compliant. Your company could be fined $2,500 if it was found to be non-intentional or $7,500 if the incident was found to be intentional. Now, another new twist here with the state of California is that the resident, so the person that has been violated can also bring suit and they can collect between $100 and $750 per incident or violation. Okay, so moving on to GDPR. Now, GDPR is the General Data Protection Regulation, and it actually began enforcement in May 2018. I think it was May 25th, 2018 for residents in the EEA countries that I listed just a bit ago. The GDPR protection includes any piece of information that can be used alone or in conjunction with another piece of information that can identify a natural person. And that's considered a broad definition. Now, looking at fines, depending on the severity, fines can start at up to 10 million pounds or 2% of your company's revenue, whichever is higher. Now, the last one I mentioned is the New York Shield Act. And the New York Shield Act, as of the taping of this podcast, is upcoming. That is going to be effective or go into effect on March 21, 2020. And that one, the protection covers any personal information or identifying information that comes with account numbers, um, that type of thing. And it includes biometric information. So all of that needs to be protected. Now, as far as fines for the New York Shield Act, your company could be fined up to $5,000 for each violation. So looking at CCPA, GDPR, the New York Shield Act, the fines alone is worth that conversation with your legal team and or your leadership. I mean, as far as accounts payable goes, let's compare it to the fines that we see for the IRS. They make the fines for a late 1099 or incorrect tax filing look like peanuts. I would compare it to the fines for OFAC violations where we're not checking before we pay and continuing to check to see if the vendors uh, actually made it onto one of those watch lists after we onboarding them. So if we don't continue to check that and we pay a vendor that's on one of those watch lists, we do get a fine for that OFAC violation. So I would compare it to that. And just like these OFAC violations that we try to avoid, I would do the same with these privacy law violations. So that brings me to the next section then. So what does it really mean for your vendor master file? GDPR, CCPA, and the New York Shield Act, well, they are very complex and they do require the review of your leadership and or your legal team to determine the full scope of compliance required for your company. So take a look at your processes and what some of your requests are and how your vendors 
numbers are being stored and ask yourself and your team those questions. What I found are two scenarios that I talked about earlier that I recommend be reviewed by your leadership and or your legal team related to the vendor master file to make sure that you're in compliance with these privacy protection regulations. Okay, so the first one is, is if a vendor team member requests their contact information be removed. And this could happen quite often as the employees at your vendor's company realizes that they don't have to have their information stored. They may be already tired of being called because you know we call them to confirm everything nowadays. And if you want some different ways that can provide that confirmation while reducing those calls, please reach out to me via email at Deborah at com or take a look at my website uh, com for more information on my e-guide and training. But there could be other reasons that your vendor's employees want to be removed. Maybe they're moving to a new job. So what I would do is I would remove their contact information from your vendor master file. If you have a vendor self-registration portal, consider adding the privacy policy and a process for any team members to opt out within the portal. And then that way you don't have to have that be a manual process. But if your portal currently doesn't have that functionality, then it will be a manual process. Make sure that you put on the portal or you have on the portal contact information to vendor maintenance so that change can be made. Now the second one was where the vendor, let's say they are a sole proprietorship or an individual that has registered with a social security number. So again, the privacy regulations appear to allow exceptions to allow the vendor information needed to buy or sell products and services from vendors be retained in the system of record, your vendor master file in your accounting system or ERP, but it may not cover any third-party tool where you're also storing that same information. And again, I give the example of a vendor self-registration portal, but it can also be any third-party tool where you are storing vendor information that can fall under the protection of one of these uh, privacy laws or regulations. In case you do have a vendor self-registration portal, I do have a blog post titled why you may need a manual vendor process with your vendor self-registration portal. And it's for that reason. So it's a good read. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. And then also I included that as well on uh, a podcast episode, episode 15, where I talked about uh, lessons learned implementing a vendor self-registration portal. So check uh, both of those out if you want more information on how privacy laws may affect your existing portal or your portal project. So with that, I'd like to know how has your company changed in the collection or storing of vendor data as a result of GDPR, now CCPA, and then the upcoming New York Shield Act. Feel free to comment or email me at deborah at deborahrrichardson.com. 
So thanks everyone. I hope you enjoyed the 73rd episode of the Putting the AP in Happy podcast, where accounts payable teams are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. Don't forget to check the show notes for the links mentioned in the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing, writing a review on the platform that you use to listen. Stay happy. 